Imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. Aloha. I'm so glad you joined us here today. And I've got a very special guest for you. I know you're going to enjoy. And I know that because she was one of my very first podcast guests about 170 episodes before now. So uh, she's delightful. And she has a a new book that just came out that's Your Damn Manifesto. And (laughs) it's okay. That's a good title. (laughs) (laughs) It suits her perfectly, and it will suit you, too. You'll really love it. So I want you to meet Bevan, and I asked her how to pronounce her name. Ferrand? Ferrand, yes. Oh, I got it right, because I was trying to say it wrong. (laughs) And, And she'll tell you a little bit about her and how she got to what she's doing right now. Yeah, I always tell people, I say the word damn a lot, but it does mean something. It stands for something. I'll share all about that. But yes, I'm so honored to be here again, as I, I loved being on your podcast before. Oh, well, you're, you're just a delightful guest. And <laughs> I, I know that everybody's going to want to hear what you have to say. You have a, a powerful story and what you've done with it, in, including this particular book, your, your damn manifesto. It's so awesome. Because it's it's the sort of thing that so many times when people are in early grief, especially they go, oh, I don't know, <laughs> you know, what am I supposed to yeah. do? Who am I? The the whole works, and I can see how this is just going to guide them and be a, a wonderful gift for them. Well, thank you. So I'll tell you a little bit about my story. I'll tell everybody listening. So back in 2019 on Mother's Day, my husband Mark surprised me with tickets to France for my 40th birthday. And it would be six months later, we were going to start planning right away. We had two kiddos um, under the age of two at the time. And so we started planning. And then two weeks later, I lost my job. I got went in thinking I was going to have a promotion and instead I got let go. And of course we were reeling. We had just taken money out of our savings so I could take a full three month maternity leave for our son, Jonathan. We bought a van because we now had two kids and we really thought things were going in the right direction. We were absolutely not expecting this. And two weeks after that, I said to Mark, I don't want to look for another job. And he was an engineer, so I could feel him freaking out when I said that. But I told him, I said, this is the third time I've lost my job for one reason or another in under 10 years. And I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to keep putting the financial health of our family into the hands of any one person anymore. And so we decided to give it a try. I said, let's do it as a proof of concept. Let me see if I can make $5,000 by the end of August. He said, okay. He was my biggest cheerleader. So he said, okay, I'm on board. I can support you in this. And I made $0 in June and I made $1,000 in July. And then I made my $5,000 in August. And by the time we were ready to leave for our trip, which was in November, I had made $35,000 in my business. So it was absolutely heading in the right direction. But we still thought this trip, this 
39-hour trip was totally crazy. We were going to be in planes the same amount of time we were on the ground. And I asked him even the day before, I was like, babe, should we just cancel? And we decided to go. We went to Bordeaux and spent my 40th birthday wandering through a city neither of us had ever been in before, eating delicious food, drinking amazing wine, reconnecting to who we were as a couple before we had kids, before we'd gone through these stressful layoffs and jobs. And he even looked at me at one point and he said, Bevan, I feel like I'm rediscovering the real you. We came home and it was the week of Thanksgiving. So he had taken the week off of work. Um, We did stuff around the house. It was pre-pandemic. So we had 25 people coming, watched our two kiddos running around. Jonathan was 10 months old. Guinevere was two and a half. And the next day I went upstairs to wake up Mark and he had passed away in the middle of the night. Undiagnosed heart disease. We had no idea that this was coming. One of his arteries was 95% blocked and the other was 50% blocked. And then I am now the solo parent of two kiddos under the age of three with a growing but not yet tested business. And I'm doing all of this without the love of my life and my best friend and my biggest cheerleader by my side. And so about a month after that, I made a post on Facebook talking about my birthday, talking about the trip. And I said, look, whenever you're faced with a choice, just take the damn trip. And that really resonated with people. I had so many people reach out and say, I went on this trip with my dad right before he passed away and it meant the world to me, or I was going to say no to this trip with my family or my friends, but now I'm going to go. Or really more importantly, they were saying, I'm no longer going to keep pushing my dream to the side because that's what it was. It wasn't about a trip. We've changed it since to take the damn chance. Because it's never been about a trip. It's about taking the chance on that dream that's in your heart that we all just keep pushing to the side. And so over the next few months, I looked at the hardest things that I had been through because I didn't just lose my husband at the age of 40. I lost my dad to cancer when I was 24. I lost my home in a house fire in 2010. My kiddos are IVF babies. So I've been through years of fertility treatments and a miscarriage. And I looked at all that and I looked at all of the incredible things that I have done, creating that business, having my kiddos, building our dream home. And I started to ask myself, what is it that I do differently, not better, but differently than other people to navigate these things with some grace and some creativity? And that is when the DAM framework started to come into being. So yes, I say DAM a lot, but it stands for Decide and Declare, Attend Your Own Party, moments, not minutes, and now is the time. And everything in the do the damn thing method, which is what I've since created, starts with a damn manifesto, which is why I wrote this book first as how do you discover the keys to bringing your biggest dreams to life? I love that. And I'm I'm a firm believer in writing to help you with grief. So this is this is a perfect example of it that yeah. you've just blossomed. And tell us about your company, your business. So everything, like I said, is around the dam, right? The dam framework. I, I had that business. I grew that. It was called Collaborate.Work. I grew it from zero to $300,000 in 18 months. 
in the middle of the pandemic and while grieving the loss of my husband. And then I did what every smart entrepreneur does. And I totally scrapped it. And I said, I'm going to go all in on the take the damn chance movement. And I grew that to $300,000 in 24 months while going after my biggest dream to date, which is that when Mark passed away, we were about 60 days away from starting our next round of IVF to have our third child. And the idea of losing that dream at the same instant that I lost my husband was completely unfathomable. And in July of 2021, which was 20 months after Mark passed away, I had our third child. So my daughter, Maristella, through embryos that we had frozen in a previous IVF attempt, I gave birth to, I had the damn baby. <laughs> That's what I like to say. <laughs> and I used all of these same things, right? I had my own damn manifesto for this dream of mine. Um, the second step in the do the damn thing method is find your damn people. So I built my support team and then I did the damn thing. And so that is really what I teach. Everything I teach is around the do the damn thing method. If I'm working with business owners, we're creating a damn manifesto for your business, for your project, for your launch. We're finding the damn people. We're doing the damn thing. If I'm working with women who have gone through something deeply challenging, we're doing the same thing because this process works in any and every area that I've tested it in thus far. I have not yet found an area where it's not effective to use this. That's fabulous. That's so good. I, I think a lot of times businesses fail because people go in with, they go, oh, well, I think we should do this, you know? And yeah. Then they, they don't uh, figure out the, the nuts and bolts in it and, and start too soon, I think. Well, you know, what I've seen is that any big dream that people have, they have, so the damn manifesto is your yes and your six dimensional why. And so the book walks you through the process of finding your yes, because what happens, what I've seen, especially with women, is that we've forgotten how to dream like children. We dream like editors. And so as soon as we have an idea, I want to write this book, I want to be, start a new business. I want to move across country. I want to move to Hawaii, right? We have this idea and we immediately kick in with, oh, well, that will never work because, or this isn't the right time, or you don't know how to. And so the very first piece of it is uncovering your yes. And so we start by dreaming big and then we focus in and we do a gut check and it, and it walks you through this entire process. And then the second piece of it is the six dimensional why. Because what I've seen is that people will have a why, right? They'll, you've heard it, like start with why, what's your why? Why do you really wanna do it? But what they're, they're not going deep enough. And so we can't hang our big, I call them our big, bold dreams. We can't hang our big, bold dreams on one flimsy little why. So you'll have people start a business and they'll do they'll know their financial why they want to make more money they want to make money doing what they love but when they're not making enough money if that's the only why it's too easy to give up and go get a job so i walk through the process of fleshing out your full six dimensional why which is financial emotional mental physical social and spiritual and 
once you have those two things and you walk through several other exercises, then you craft your damn manifesto. And that is a super simple to say, easy to remember sentence that becomes your touchstone as you're bringing your big dreams to life. Oh, that's so good. I just love that because all of those six things are things that are vital. You, you can't leave yeah. one of them out. You, you need all of them. And right. it, you're giving them the the organizational framework so yeah. they can look at it and go, I can do this. And then yeah. they can succeed. Right. Well, because I think about it. So I'll share my damn manifesto is to share the damn framework with as many people as possible in as many ways as possible in order to create a sustainable, thriving business that both supports and inspires my family and the world. I can say that on a dime, right? I, anytime anybody asks me, I can say it. And that triggers all of the different whys for, in my head, right? I've got pages of the whys, but that's just a way to encapsulate that. So when I'm feeling like the business isn't making enough money, I can switch back to, okay, but emotionally, this makes me proud. Or socially, I'm making a difference in the world. Or spiritually, this is my purpose. This is why I'm here. And that then carries me through the times when the one little why wouldn't be enough. That's right. And I, I did something similar after we moved here uh, two years before my husband died. He had lived uh, to Maui. Uh, he had lived here long before I knew him. And we came on our honeymoon and he kept bumping into his friends on the street. Now, Maui doesn't have a whole lot of people on it that live here. But he, <laughs> it was just kind of shocking that <laughs> he he always was surprising me with things like that. Yeah. But we really liked the people and I never saw Maui as a tourist. I always saw it as uh, a native, somebody who, yeah. who lives here. And so we were here for two years before he died. And I, I was basically with him for those two years because of everything that happened and, and what he needed and which was fine. But when he was gone, it's like, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> yeah. And it took me a while, but I'm a writer. I have, I taught writing at the university level for many, many years. That's what I retired from. And I thought, I'm just going to write about it. And I wasn't writing for anybody else to read it. I was just writing to work my way through it. And what I eventually came up with through exploring my writing was my intention, which was to create ways that I could provide comfort, support, love, and happiness mm -hmm. to those dealing with grief and loss. Yeah. And actually, happiness wasn't there yet. I added that in uh, about a year later, and yeah. it, it changed the world to, to add the happiness aspect. But once I had that and I memorized it, as you memorized your manifesto, yeah. if, if what I was doing, all that I was doing, I wanted to fit in to that. Right. And it, and it worked. Yeah. That's what I tell people. I'm like, when you have your damn manifesto, then you can hold things up to it and say, is this in service of my damn manifesto or not? So when I am debating between two projects or two clients, and I say, is one of them in service of the damn manifesto and one not, I'm going to go for the one that supports the take the damn chance movement, the do the damn thing. It, it supports me sharing this message. And if it doesn't, then it's an easy no. And we have to remember that 
whenever we say yes to something, we're unconsciously saying no to thousands of other things. One of the chapters that I wrote in the book that people just love is how we're using this already in our decision-making process. So I have something called the trip filter. And when you have your yes, I love a good acronym, Emily. It makes everything so much easier for me to remember. <laughs> but you, when you're when you're figuring out your yes, which feels very heavy, then you ask yourself these four questions of, am I willing to make it my top priority? Am I willing to resource it with money, but also time, energy, space? Is it inspiring? So is it something you're moving towards? And is it personal? And we're doing this every single day. So I, I talk about how we're using it when we buy cars. I, I talk about how we're using it when we buy bananas. So we're we're always unconsciously asking ourselves that. And I wrote that chapter because when we can see what we've been doing, then we can see how we can do it consciously going forward. So the fact that you have your intention, then you could say, is what I'm doing in service of that? And you can run through those questions. That's that's really how I did it. So I, I know yeah. it works. I, I didn't have your book yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I, that was um, just kind of what I discovered I needed to be following at the time. Mm -hmm. and And it made all the difference in the world because I didn't start out thinking, oh, well, I'm going to write two grief books and I'm going to have a podcast that's grief and happiness. And I'm going to start a, a gathering of people who want to write and learn happiness practices together that I'll meet every week on Zoom. And, yeah. and to fund all that, I'll create a nonprofit organization <laughs> and, and they'll pay for everything. And I did all that, but that's not where I started. Right. And I didn't know which of those things was going to come first or when or who or all those things. Yeah. But I, I stuck to what my intention was. And as long as I did that, anything that developed from there was perfect. And the mm -hmm. more perfect it is, the easier it is for you to do because you're, you're loving every moment. Absolutely. And I, I think what you just said is so important because as you started this podcast off saying, you know, there are people who are in early stages of grief who are listening who might see this as a, 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 an example of what's possible. But I like to be really clear that I didn't pop up the next day and say, well, I'm going to create a movement. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna turn this into something, right? People say to me, oh, you're making the best of it. And I get so annoyed by that because I'm not making the best of anything. I'm just this, I'm sharing the story. And trust me, if I could have my husband back, I would have found a different story to tell. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, but what I did in those early days was that I looked at my yes. So I wasn't born under like knowing this damn framework, right? I just looked backwards and saw what had I done. So this was 10 months, a year after Mark had passed away. And I looked at even how did I get through those first weeks and months uh, after losing him. And what I realized is that I had my yes. And my yes at the time was making sure my kids were safe and healthy and happy, hopefully, but safe and healthy, making sure I was safe and healthy and keeping our home because Mark and I built this home and I wanted to keep it. And in order to do that, I had to have a sustainable, thriving business. So it was all then about micro action. So this, this part is brief. Well, it's touched on in the book, but a micro action is 
the smallest possible action that you will actually take. And my micro actions after Mark died were pushing the covers back. It wasn't getting out of bed. It was, can I push the covers back? Can I put my feet on the floor? Can I take a shower and then get right back into bed? Right. They were the smallest possible actions because we make our actions too big and we get paralyzed. And so anyone in any stage of grief should know that everything we do is just a series of micro actions. It's just that they get bigger and come faster. If we think about when we learned how to ride a bike, you know, I have a six-year-old now, six and a half. She's learning how to ride a bike. So for her, it's get the bike out, hold your hands on the handlebars, put the kick, or sorry, before that, put your helmet on, hold your hands on the handlebars, push the kickstand back, swing your leg over, get your foot settled on the pedal, push off, get the other foot, pedal, 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 right? Those are all of the micro actions. When you ride a bike, you're still doing all of those things, but in your mind, you're like, get on the bike. So we have to take the small micro actions in order to make the bigger actions happen. That's right. And I I see that in me and what I've done all along, that that's what I've been doing. The other thing I, I learned in the, the micro actions is when I notice that at that moment, I can't push the covers back to allow that. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, not necessarily covers, but whatever it is to, to yeah. allow it, pay attention to it and uh, move forward after that. But you, you've got to yeah. be listening to yourself mm-hmm. as you're going through the process. Yeah. And giving ourselves grace. So mm-hmm. one of my very favorite books is Don Miguel Ruiz's The Four Agreements. Oh, yeah. And his fourth agreement is always do your best. And I always like to draw attention to always do your best and no more. Some days your best is to run a marathon. And some days your best is to push the covers back, get take a shower and get back into bed. And on the days when that's all you can do is just open your eyes, give yourself the grace to say, this is what I can do. Because if you push yourself to run the marathon, you're going to get hurt. You're going to be sidelined. But on the days that you can run the marathon, let yourself do that too. Mm-hmm. Because there are days where sometimes sometimes we keep ourselves in emotions because we think that's how we should be feeling. My oldest daughter is now six and a half. She was two and a half when Mark passed away. So she was really the only one who understood what had happened because she had, she was literally there. And I would say to her that she would be having a day where she was just really quiet. And I would say, what's, what's wrong. And she said, I just miss daddy. And Mm -hmm. I said, okay, it's okay to be sad and it's okay to be happy because when my dad passed away when I was 24, my sisters and I went to dinner with my uncle afterwards and somebody told a joke and we were laughing and we all looked at each other and I said, is it okay that we're laughing when dad just died? And I think we we have to be willing to I, allow all of those emotions. I say we're complex human beings. We could hold more than one emotion at a time. You know, we could be, my daughter and I can be so sad that we are missing Mark 
And we can also be really happy that Maristella is now two and now has all the opinions in the world. <laughs> and, you know, but she's dancing and she's running up the stairs now. I mean, we can be so happy about that and sad that she'll never know her dad. Uh, tell us what Maristella's name means. It means miraculous star. I love that. <laughs> Yeah. So it's, it's a made up name, but <laughs> it, you know, it went it, with all three of our kids. We knew very like right away, we didn't have lists and lists and lists of names. We just knew, we knew Guinevere's name really early on in the process. We knew Jonathan was going to be named after both of our dads. Cause um, my, you know, my dad was John and Mark's dad was Keith. So his name is Jonathan Keith. And then yeah, Maristella is just, she's a miracle. I mean, there's no doubt about it. She is a miracle. That's so beautiful. I also would like to, to besides this book, you got yeah. another one in the works. So I want to hear two about more coming, that. Emily. Oh, two. <laughs> then I want to hear about both. Yay. So the next book in this particular series will be Find Your Damn People. And that is going to be all about building our tribe. You know, I, what I've, what I discovered in writing it and building this out is that we need three types of allies in each area of our life. And what we need is we need somebody walking the path at about the same journey, about the same like place in the journey that we are. We need a guide or a mentor and we need inspiration. And so for everybody listening here, if you're in the middle of grief, if you just lost somebody, you're probably going to want, want to find some people who have recently lost somebody too, who are willing to stay out of the muck, but who can understand, right? I don't have another single person in my close friend group who has lost their husband. So I had to go outside of that and find other young widows. But you also want to find a coach or a mentor or somebody who's been down the path and you are asking them for guidance, not well-intentioned, unasked for advice. And then you want to have some inspiration. So I will often talk about this with, with couples, with married couples. You know, you want to have other newlyweds. You want to have maybe a, a couples counselor or coach. And then you want to have other couples that you say, yeah, that's what we want. And so I really going into like finding your tribe and building your support um, so I'm excited about that. And then the book that you and I were talking about before we started recording is really more the story of, I I was so uncomfortable with this, Emily. I clearly still am a little bit. It's my story. And for a long time, I made Mark and I the story, or I made Maristella the story. And I've had a lot of come to Jesus moments with friends and mentors where I had to say, you know what, this is my story. It is the story of my house fire. It is the story of meeting Mark. It is the story of Mark and I falling in love. It is the story of losing him. It is all of the stories of me navigating these things. And so I don't know the title yet. I, I'm the working title is still take the damn chance, but this week I wrote 8,000 words for it. And so I'm what, like a 10th of the way there in a week. So I think it'll come, this is coming much faster. And what I have realized is that I knew my yes 
I knew that this was the story I wanted to tell. And I knew why. I still know why. And the how, I had to let go of the how because this story is coming out in a different way than I had initially expected it to. And that's why the day of manifesto is your yes and your why. And we release the how, we release the when. Um, We often will release the who of who we are and who we need around us. It's really all about the the yes, so the what and the why. Oh, that's it's brilliant. It it truly is. And Thank you. I, I love, yeah. <laughs> I, I love the the direction you're going with all this. It's um it's gonna be so helpful to people. You um I'm sure your your writing is a lot like you talk and you're so comfortable to to talk with. And I think that that's really important. I, I had one person that I interviewed once and I thought, she sounds just like her book. And when I was reading her book before I interviewed her, I thought, hmm, and I was right. <laughs> but she had a good message and it was okay. The podcast was fine. But I, I could tell her whole personality just from the way she, no, it wasn't the words she wrote. It was the way she wrote is the, the way yeah. she thinks and the way she talks. And you're so open and loving and happy. And I want to read somebody, something that you wrote, you know, (laughs) because that's that's what I want (laughs) to surround myself with. I I always tell people, surround yourself with the kind of person you want to be. Yeah. And it just kind of rubs off. Yeah. Well, that's that inspiration piece, right? In the Find Your Damn People is you are finding, you are saying, so if you're a mom, right? I had to look at, um, you know, I'm a mom of young kids and most of my friends had kids that were preteens and older. And I consciously had to say, I need people walking the same path as I am. I need people who have children under the age of six. And so I, I didn't just need new mom friends. I needed that type of mom friend. And then I have amazing inspiration where I see people and I'm like, yes, that the way that they just parented that is how I want to parent. And we have to, once we realize it, again, this is what I'm what I'm trying to shine a light on for everybody is when we can see what we've done and how we unconsciously do it, then we can start to consciously use these tools to build out what I call our big, bold, wonderful lives. That's perfect. You know, I think the reason that people have a a challenge with accomplishing what they want to is they're not paying attention. Mm. And when you keep your eyes and your heart open, you can see what you need to find. And Mm. and it it doesn't come if those requirements aren't there. (laughs) Yeah, the more clear you are on what it is that you want in life, what it is that you want to create in life, then you do start to see possibilities and paths and people to help. But when you're not clear, and that's why I think that going through this process is so important. And you you talked about it when you were talking about your intention, how you had added the word happiness to it. You know, I when I first started my manifesto, it was sharing the damn framework through courses. I thought that's what I was going to do. I was going to teach courses. 
but I realized I'm, you know, I'm a keynote speaker. I love being on stage and sharing this message with people. Now I'm an author, which I'm so excited. I have a degree in creative writing and yet this is the first book I'm publishing, <laughs> you know, I, so I'm an author. I, I have my own podcast. This is, these are all the ways that I'm sharing it. And I also, the, the why part for me was I first was like, I want to create a sustainable business that supports my family. But then I knew it was just as important to support and inspire my kids. And then I said, well, it's not just about my family, it's my family and the world. And so it's evolving and we can continue to tweak it and you can pivot. But if you're going to pivot, you go back through the damn manifesto process and you say, is this new idea, my real yes. Like maybe what I've been doing is I come to a conclusion or I, I want to shift away from it, but you go through that process again, because if you're not willing to go through the process, which you could literally do in a day, or you could do over the course of several days, then it's not your damn manifesto. If you're not willing to at least put that much time into it, it's not your big yes. That's right. I, you know, I've talked to people before they go, I've got this really big idea. And I go, what are you doing about it? And well, <laughs> you know, you, you have to, to, you have to do it. You have to, yeah. to do the work. You, it doesn't just fall in your lap, whatever it is. You've got to do the micro actions. You know, that's what you have to do. Yeah. I have to write, you know, when I, I've, I've hidden behind all, a whole bunch of layers before getting these books out. Oh, I have to do it this way, or I have to find a weekend where I can go do a retreat. And a woman is helping, her name's Teresa, and she's been helping me with the publishing process for this book. And she said, just write for 15 minutes a day. And that was the micro action because some days I only have 15 minutes. But some days that 15 minutes turns into an hour and those are, you know, that's how I wrote your damn manifesto. It's how I'm going to end up writing this memoir. It is the micro actions. Absolutely. I know the. I think the best self-care I do for myself is every morning before I do anything else, I have a journaling practice and I've got to divide it into things that every day I'm going to write about. I don't write the same thing every day, but I have yeah. a, a framework mm -hmm. and I just feel so much better after it's done. I'm I'm ready to start my day. I'm ready to focus because I'm taking control of what I'm doing. I'm not just letting things happen to me. Right. I love that. I so love that. I created um, a deck of cards, an affirmation deck, of course, called Take the Damn Chance. And so I will often just pull one of the cards out and say, okay, you know, like my mantra today is, you know, my dreams are worth going after, whatever the affirmation is. And sometimes that's what I need to do is just write that 10 times or I'll pull 10 cards and just write them out because there is there is a piece of it. And this is not in this book. This is in the Find Your Damn People one, which is the, the we're declaring it out to the world. And we start by thinking it, saying it, writing it. There's a real power in writing what we want and writing our damn manifesto. And so anytime I have felt myself self being stuck or derailed or scared or overwhelmed or all of the feelings that still come, I go back to my damn manifesto and I say, I'm sharing this framework with as many people as possible. I do the whole thing 
And that just grounds me back in my purpose. And that's so beautiful. And the, the purpose is the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I know my life's purpose was exactly what I was trying to find after Ron died. Mm-hmm. And I found it. But I it didn't fall on my lap. <laughs> yeah. I diligently took all those micro actions that uh, I'm sure my micro actions are different than your micro actions or anybody else. But yeah. as long as you take them, they'll lead you to, to where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And I think it's important for people listening to know that that doesn't necessarily mean you have to do anything with the situation that is causing your grief, right? Mm-hmm. You and I talk a lot about grief. We talk about a lot about the people that we've lost and 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 we share that message and that mission. I don't think everybody has to do that. You know, I think that so, you know, some people will say, you know, I, I don't want to talk about the person I lost. I'm like, you don't have to. You do not have to. You, It is worth you finding your dream. It is worth you finding your yes. That could be living somewhere else. It could be becoming a parent. Or if you are not able to do that, it might be building a family in a different way, you know. I I went through years of fertility, obviously, and sometimes when I talk to people about it, they're like, "But but they aren't able to carry a child." You know, that's their grief, and we have to again take a step back into what is the yes, not the how. Is the yes to have a family? Is the yes to be a role model to young children? Like I, I don't say this in a way of being insensitive because I know the pain of fertility treatments, but if the yes is that, then there are ways to do it. Now, I knew one of my yeses was to be pregnant. And I hoped against all hope that I was going to be able to be pregnant and to carry a child's term. And I am fortunate enough to have been able to do that. And that was one of my big fears was that it wouldn't be able to. But Mark and I talked about it. We said, you know, if we're not able to do this, are we willing to foster? Are we willing to adopt? And we knew that the yes was a family. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, this this was an amazing conversation. I'm, I just think people are going to walk away from it with a smile and a, a what can I do now sort of attitude. Of, I hope so. What's my manifesto? <laughs> Well, I I happen to have the perfect book for you to check out if you want to figure that out. That's great. And the information on how to get that book is all going to be in the show notes. So it'll be real easy for you to just order it today. Don't put it off. If that's (laughs) something you want to do, uh, do it. Do the damn thing. Do the damn thing. That's right. Well, thank you so much for being my guest again. And probably when that other book comes out, we'll talk again. (laughs) I'll be your triple guest. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I, you know, I just always love talking to you. And I'm so, I'm so honored to see what you do in the world to help people navigate grief and understand that you can have both grief and happiness at the same time. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful that I I discovered that. I I didn't go into this thinking that that's what it was going to be. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I kept my my eyes and my heart open and then was willing to act on it. Yeah. 
Well, thank you. And everybody be sure to look at those show notes and, and get the information that you need. And I'll see you again next week. Thank you so much for listening. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode.